Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week's Hang. This week, we got my great friend, Rachel Worthington, actor and writer, who has now found her niche in New York City, writing whatever the F she wants. She has co-written her first comedy pilot, Between Us, which has been selected for the Vancouver International Women in Film Festival, taking place right now in March. Hope you enjoy. Rachel Worthington, yes. my friend, welcome to The Hang. Thank you for having me. Thanks for saying yes. Thanks for being here. You really downplayed it. I had no idea. What do you mean I downplay it? I don't know. Like I walked in, it's like a film studio in here. Well, that's BPN. <laughs> that's my fabulous producer, Alan's bringing all the, all the gear. Otherwise, it'd be a, it. an iPhone and hopefully a mic. Yeah, because I just remember when you interviewed Tim, that was on Zoom. Because that was during pandemic. Never again. Never again. Zoom? No, I'm not yeah. doing that stuff again. Yeah. The whole point is to hang and have this connection to kind of get that immediate, you know, interaction, the the energy and yeah, just that's the one thing that I never need to see again is a Zoom, my Zoom app. I deleted it off my phone as fast as I could. Yeah. It makes me think I like when I, so I finished my MFA and then in 2019, so we had our showcase in person and everything. And then 2020 hit and the class behind us, theirs was all on Zoom. Theirs was all virtual. How? I have literally no idea. I it just, I don't know how that works. I don't know how, you know what I mean? It's just like. I really felt for those students during that time because yeah. the, the reason we do this is community and interaction. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that live, yeah. immediate feeling and energy? But yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. And hopefully now they're, they're able to do what they set out to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your MFA. Let's, I let's, let, you know, yeah. let's uh, get people to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Moved here for my master's degree. So, you know, I spent my whole life in North Carolina on the, on the coast. And then for grad school, I knew I wanted to be here. I knew I wanted to move to New York and do everything up here. And so I auditioned only for schools up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got into the new school and came and Callback Weekend was, it was a 24-hour play festival, it was Callback Weekend. So, because the program used to be, it was actors, writers, and directors in one cohort. So then all your, all through your three years, you're acting in the plays that are being written by your classmates, being directed by your classmates. So it was really, it was really special and we had a, we had a great class, but it was, yeah, three years is a long time. Which also. school was that? The new school. New School of Drama, is it called? Yeah, yeah, New School of Drama. So the main campus is that like big, like spaceship-looking campus, kind of near Union Square. Yeah, that's Meisner technique, right? Uh, we did some Meisner. The whole New School thing was like um, their thing is just giving you all kinds of tools, and you pick right. and choose what you want and what's going to serve you moving forward. So we did do we did do a little bit of Meisner, but um, no, it was we had a. I think that experience for me was 
we just had a great class. Did you dive into the writing during that time as well? No, that was a new, that's a new thing for me within the past few years. I just like, um, so I graduated and I did uh, an off-Broadway play. I did Rabbit Hole. Mm-hmm. Very sad, very happy play. Um, and some woman was there and she saw me in it. And afterwards she was like, like, who are you? I, let's work together. I'd love to know you. And so she and I um, just kind of started like, she we're doing like mentoring sessions kind of where she'd help me with my website because she was uh, 25 years older than I am. And um, then it kind of became, we just became friends, she and I. And because it was funny, like, we were both single at the time, and but she's 25 years older than me. And so we were having these like parallel experiences of life, but also so different because of age. Right. And um, we, uh, like at the time, my agent at the time, nothing was really happening. And I was so frustrated. And uh, Lana, she was like, what? We, you should just write your own character. Like you should, do, you should just write it for yourself. And then she was like, you know what? I feel the same way. Like I, I want to do this kind of character. And so... We just kind of started writing, and for me, I just fell in love with it. And I, like now, it almost brings me more joy than acting, in a sense. Um, It feels very, especially when I'm writing for myself, because it's like that's your chance to be like, this is what I'm good at, and this is what I like. And a lot of people hate writing, and I love it. And so I'm just kind of right now in a position of like, you know, when I feel, when I get an idea, I just write it down and then I extrapolate on it or I don't. Um, but it just brings me so much joy. So how do you like, okay, let's take Ruth, this mm-hmm, short mm-hmm. film yes. that you wrote, I, re- I read, which is so descriptive, so uh, scenic and it's really beautiful. Thank you. Um, where did that come from? Where did you get, come up with that idea? That, I had an audition uh, like four years ago. I had an audition for... Um, something to do with that time period. And the audition was for um, one of the women that was a pack horse librarian. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I've never heard of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing research. And I'm like, this is so kick-ass. And I've never heard of it. I've never, I'm from the South. I've never heard of these Southern women that during the Great Depression and during that era would travel on horseback delivering mail and books and medicine to people in that region. I'd never heard of it. And what it's were they called? Packhorse pack horse librarians. Packhorse librarians. Yeah, and it was women. It had to be women that were educated, that could read. had to be women that owned their own horse, which back then it was like nobody had anything. So if you had a horse, it was, you know, the I think there was like the president, I think it was Roosevelt, passed um, some kind of law giving them a little bit of money. But they didn't have a lot, and nobody was making money. So these women were just, they were like the only form of contact or human face that some of these people would see was when they would bring them these books. And it was just like the books would rotate through the region. They'd drop it yeah. off, and you'd read it, and then they'd come back like a week later, and they'd take it, and they'd give it to the next person. Yeah. And it was just fascinating. Um, and when I had that audition, the acting coach I was working with, she was like, this is really, this is really interesting. And I was like, I know I've never heard of it. And she was like, you sh- do you write? Like you should write about this. And um, I hadn't thought of it until a few months ago, I guess like six months ago, I was just out on a walk. And um, for whatever reason, I was like, oh yeah, that idea that I had that one time. And then I just made a voice memo of what I was thinking the story would be. And I got home and I wrote it in one day. I just sat down and wrote Come it. Come on. Yeah. And of course, there's been like I've revised it and changed a lot, but I, did, I just I just sat down and wrote it. But you were so descriptive. It's it's as if someone has lived in that area. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is being from, like, the part of North Carolina that I'm from is very weird. It's like you're driving through town and, like, part of it looks like the country. It looks like, you know, like, nobody lives there or very rickety old houses and, like, mm-hmm. horse. Like, I grew up riding horses because there's that's just right. what you did. Um, and then you, like, cross over and then you're, like, close to the water and there's, like, really nice beach houses and stuff. So it was a very weird area to grow up. But that more, like, farmland type um type part of where I was from always I don't know it's just a part of who I am and so um you know like I have seen it I have you know my grandparents live on a farm like I that you know I rode a horse growing up the horse in the uh script uh is the exact same like the horse that I rode what he looked like and was his name Finny? and Finny yeah yeah your horse was called Finny yeah and I was so small I've always been so short and so small and that horse was huge that I rode, and it would just freak my parents out when, when I would you, ride him. When, now I'm trying to think, reading it, who, did you see yourself as the main character, or are you picturing the little girl, Charlotte? Yeah, no, I think, I think obviously I would love to play her, but I, for me, honest to God, like Oh, you definitely me, play her, but I mean, yeah. who did you see when you're writing? Ruth, 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 yeah, I think there's pieces, well, honestly, it's not even me, it's more, um, a love letter to my grandmother. I think my grandmother mm. is actually the inspiration behind her tenacity and her grit. And um, so when I was writing it, I was more picturing her. Um, but yeah, it's funny for me. It's honestly like if somebody were to be like, you can either be in this show or you could have something that you've written be, be made, but you can't be in it. I would still pick, I would pick to have them make it and me not be in it. Which I think I never thought I would feel that way, you know. But. No, I could understand that. I'm just, I know shit about shit, so I can't <laughs> write. So <laughs> I'd love to. So how, what else have you written? How much have you written? Are you finding, so you're still auditioning for things. You're yeah, doing yeah. The, the whole actor thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Timmy said you had a the whole actor thing. casting for, is it a film that's coming up? I had, um... Uh, last night I had something for a, um, uh, what was it? It's like one of those like oxygen, is it oxygen, the network where it has like the crime shows, the like one-off crime shows. Or I don't know anymore. There's so many networks. Yeah. There's so many. Well, it was to the point where I'm like, Oh, all these platforms, all these shows, surely I'll get something. Yeah. <laughs> At some point I think, Oh, <laughs> Oh my God. You're like, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> so just to bring, uh, anyone listening and watching up to speed, obviously Rachel and Tim are two of my close friends, actor friends who, and uh, Tim was on, I think season one or two of the hang oh, yeah. via zoom, yeah, as we yeah, mentioned, yeah, via zoom. you guys are my acting comrades, yeah, teachers, self tape, yeah, uh, yeah. coaches. It's nice to have a little group of people that you trust to just kind of like call in the troops to help you get it done. So every time we get to act, in these scenes you're a great actress i well, hope we land something you. together i know that's it's the fun dream. working with you <laughs> yeah. yeah and probably something you wrote as well yeah 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 so so you're, you're doing the grind and mm-hmm. whatnot so is, is stage or musicals is that ever you know i i started out doing musical theater i we've never talked about it but i did play christine once upon a time what in high school yeah Yep. Go on, Just let's waiting hear about for the it. right moment to okay, tell you that. Okay, if there's any time to talk about Phantom, <laughs> it's on the hang. I love talking uh, about Phantom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it in high school. We were like one of the first high schools that um, had the rights to do it. Uh, it was like we were like the third or fourth one to be able to do it. But um, yeah, back in the day. What year was that? Uh, 
I honestly don't know. What would that have been, 20, 2010, 2009? Oh, really? I think so. What school is it? Is this on YouTube? Are you on YouTube no, doing this? Oh, God, I hope not. This was if high school. If I look it up right this now. This was high school. I, I hope not. No, there wouldn't be, I don't think. I'm you could try. Okay, you can, I mean, surely you could try. Um, but. Hey, by the way, what do you think about this on my phone? This... That's very neat. Is that a lanyard? <laughs> is that? Uh, a previous guest of mine, Andrew uh -huh. Kober, and uh, today we had Will Swenson earlier. They made a lot of fun of me. For your lanyard? They made fun of, uh, they poked a lot of fun. I, they call it a dongle. Uh-huh. <laughs> but don't you think this is um, practical? So like I'm out and about in the city? It's like a purse strap. Well, it's not a purse. Yeah. It's not a purse it's because like a I purse can't actually strap. carry anything other than the phone. Uh-huh. But now it's safe and it's always with me. Instead and of your pocket because that would be... Well, I don't like breaking the lining of my trousers. So you put a <laughs> okay. bulge in there like a wallet. Why would you do that? Or a phone? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to look up YouTube. Fascinating. I'd be, yeah. No, I mean, live your life. You can look it up if you want. It was, uh, you know... I thought we did a great job. So <laughs> do you get an abridged version of the show? No, it was the full ass. It was the whole thing. No. Yeah, I swear to God. How, well, how'd you do the chandelier? Um, the props department was unreal at our high school for whatever reason. So we did. We had one. We had a chandelier and it dropped and everything. It did not. Yeah, swear to God. Swear to God. I have like a, my mom has like a. Um, how big was the chandelier? I'll be like talking something. book of it. Oh, will you send them? We'll see if we can connect it to this podcast somehow. Yeah, maybe I can get it. If we get some photos, can it come up in the video format? All right. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'll have her we'll take just... pictures of it. It was really cool. And at this point, here's a chandelier. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... It was here's the final layer. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> we had a boat. We had the boat and everything that went through the through the river. And there was a little, okay, like, listen. kid in the boat that was, like, um, like no. kicking her feet while me and Spencer were like in the Like a little boat. hamster. Yeah, <laughs> that's how the boat moved. It was a canoe, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a canoe. Yeah, yeah. The chandelier, how big was it? Come on, it was like from Ikea, like I a lamp? I don't remember. In my, in my memory, it was epic. And of course it was. No, but it wasn't, it wasn't small. I mean, it wasn't what you, know, you have going on and here. And it swung but it was, down and landed on a stage. It fell down, yeah. I was underneath it uh, for the final bit. And then I would look up and then it would come down and then it would cut to black and it would stop like right, Holy right over me. Crap. Man, yeah, it was pretty advanced for... North Carolina um, High School. Who was the Phantom? Um, his name was Spencer Anderson. He and I did. He, we were like the two all through the, my four years. He okay. and I were always. It's got to it. be on YouTube. We did. Um, my freshman year was Anything Goes, and then we did. What a great play! I know. And then we did Sweeney Todd. Oh, I'd love to do Sweeney. Todd. Um, who did you think that I? Who do you think that I played in Sweeney Todd? What's uh? Just out of curiosity. I'm thinking you would have played uh. Joanna? No. Miss Lovett? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. People are always shocked when I say no, that. No, I think well, you need a strong actress and yeah. someone with, yeah. with, with your sort of tenacity, yeah. just, like your grandma. Just me at 15 or 16 playing a 40-year-old woman. Well, this is a high school it's production. fascinating. Yeah. I wouldn't think they'd cast you as that right now. Yeah, no, definitely not. I've pro, been in, in that show production. like five times. Um, okay, Spencer. Spencer Anderson, he... There might be something on YouTube. Is he still singing? No, no, he's not still singing, but he he is the best. He was so obviously still well, very talented. I'm he just chose to do other things. I'm hoping you think it's second best, but <laughs> jeez, uh, I can hear you. I'm right here. Spencer Anderson fan. What what was the school production? Um, Jacksonville High School would be the um. You can look it up. 
There probably isn't because that feels like right on the cusp of cell phones. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Once, yeah. once you said two, 2009, I'm like, mm, yeah, I think I got myself that would require someone like VHS and then yeah. transferring What's it. No one's that? Gonna do that. Just kidding. Um, but you. to answer <laughs> with your lanyard phone, um, but to answer <laughs> your question, I started doing musical theater. I was in love with it. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and then I got to grad school and, or actually my senior year of college, I was working with Playmakers Repertory Company, which in Chapel Hill, it's like the big, um, rep company, the Mm -hmm. big pool to the theater there. And so I was very fortunate. I got to work with them. And in my senior year, I was taking uh, a class with the master's students that were there and we were doing like restoration era comedies and like Shakespeare. And I was the only undergrad in that class. And I just remember thinking like, I want to do this. Like, I don't really, I don't want to sing all the time. Like, I want to do this. And then um, the professor who taught that class was the one who got me, or suggested the new school and he knew the head of the program. And that's right. how I got here. Um, and I have not done a musical. I mean, I did um, a musical, I guess, last year, but that was was like one that I've done a reading of that Tim and I have done together, the um, right. Clicquot. Yeah, so we did that last year, but I just don't, it's so fascinating because I was like, I, I mean, I still love it, but I right now have no desire to, you find, to do, do musical theater. Do you sing at all these days? Not so much. I mean, I like, I'll sing just like at home or like I have a voice teacher that I love that every now and then I'll like see him and we'll sing through stuff. But I don't know, I think I've kind of come to this place where I'm like, it's always there. Like it's not going anywhere. Like if I want to sing right now or tomorrow i could go but on. it's Think almost just i knew you were gonna say that Think of me. this go is why it. i didn't want to tell you that i was in fan come on give you us a cadenza like, come on it. <laughs> last bit i'll do the rowl bit Hit leading the e. in yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um no i don't i just don't i'm just i don't feel in love with it right now like mm-hmm. i used to be but i also don't you know a lot of the new stuff that's coming out i don't really there's not like a big draw to it for me so in the meantime, while we while we audition for a TV and mm-hmm, film and mm-hmm. put our tapes down, and it's no longer re- ah, just acting required, it's becoming a lighting technician. It is a, a full studio. A, yeah. a DOP, a sound technician. Yeah, I know. I love when sometimes you get notes back when you send in a tape. Well, the lighting's off. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I'm not Are going for the lighting kidding? job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's not my job. I know my lane. It's the act. Like, I'm standing Do like the here. I'm doing it. Yeah. No, it's when we upgraded our self-tape situation. It's, I mean, you've seen it. We've got the, the two lights and the like freaking thing that goes up and down with the platform. And we've got the six different backgrounds you can choose from. Like, but it's it bothers crazy. me that this becomes important because that's not our job. I know. But isn't that fascinating? There's amazing people who do that thing on set. That's I what know, they and, do. And that's why I'd, I'd be so curious to know, um, like from a casting director's standpoint, it's like, because imagine you have two people and you're watching one person's quality is top notch. Everything is clear. They look great. And the other person, like there's shadows and you can't really, you know, like whatever, like who are you going to pick <laughs> or who are you going to choose to send? Which I think is so interesting if that does come down to something like that. Well, let's put this question out there because yeah. wherever this video airs, in the comments, if a casting director yeah. happens to be listening to this mm-hmm. and hasn't shut off by now, <laughs> if it's down to two people and you have a great quality tape, it's got all the gear, mm-hmm. but the guy or a girl or person is not that person. Or it's almost like, it's almost like for me, the question would be like, if you have two people that are like kind of, 
you don't know which one you would choose or you don't know which one you would say that this guy could work or this guy could work, but you can only pick one. That's more where I'm like, I'd be fascinated to know. You think the better quality might just I have no pop. idea. No, I have no idea. All, all I know is that um, I feel like because the opportunities are so few and far between, right? Mm. I'm like, well, what can I control? The only thing I can control is how my self-tape looks. Right. That's it. That's that's it. So while we're doing that, are you writing anything right now? Um, so that uh, the pilot that I um, have written with Lana, mm-hmm. um, that just got into the Vancouver Women in Film Festival, which is very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but so, so you've shot that. So we shot the sizzle reel. So we didn't shoot the pilot. We shot, um, we had a donation, not enough to shoot the pilot, but enough to get like a handful of snippets to kind of like piece together a sizzle reel to use that like as part of our pitch deck, as part of our like shopping situation. Um, So we have that that we're editing. And um, so this going to the Vancouver Film Festival, you said? Yeah. As a sizzle reel? No. So just the script. So we just submitted the The pilot. So it's a screenwriting competition. So I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So we submitted that. But she and I actually have eight episodes written out. Um, so that is like forever ongoing. That is in a good way, like in a, we have what we need for next steps. And she just did, um, the new Tyler Perry movie, um, a Jasmine's blues. She was in that. Wow. So she's got, you know, some buzz happening over there right now. So we're we're trying to kind of use her momentum. And what's this series called? It's called between us. And it's a a TV series. Yes. Yeah. It's a comedy about uh, it was based off of her and I's relationship because when Mm. we first met, like I said, very parallel, but very different. It's a great title. Lives. Yeah. Well, it was kind of the idea was like the years between us, the like everything that happens between us and just kind of how like we're at very different stages, but somehow always learning something from the other one. Um, But so it's very loosely based on that, but it is a comedy and it's it's. Um, I just love it. And I have so much fun writing it and, you know, just kind of the, the shorthand that she and I have and, and the collaboration and everything. But we have, um, Tim Reed, who, uh, was the dad on Sister Sister and he was on, uh, what was it? Something, something Cincinnati. It's like WP something Cincinnati. I don't know. Oh, I should know that. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah back yeah, in the yeah. day. So he's, uh, signed on to play her dad. Amazing. And then we have Michael Kilgore, who yeah. is a Grammy, you know, he's, he, that, he is unreal. But, yeah. So he is signed on. And so we've kind of started building out this roster of really incredible people. So, so it just needs the green light it and just some needs, funding. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly like what comes first? Like that's kind of where she and I are stuck at right now is like, do we just raise the money ourselves and shoot it? Or do we wait because we have all of these pieces that could appeal to somebody? Do we wait and see if somebody wants to pick it up? And then they can pay and then have a say and like, while we shoot it. When you say shoot it, like raise the money yourself to shoot it, you mean just the, the pilot? Yeah, because just the pilot alone would cost like 50, 60 grand to shoot. Like if you're paying all the people and you've got the locations and, you know, so. It's, but is that hard to raise? Nowadays you see people doing these crowdfundings and it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, honestly. I guess you never know till you try. But I do kind of feel like. You know, she and I have had this talk where we're like, well, okay, say we shoot it and then we take it to somewhere, whatever, say Netflix. And then Netflix is like, we like it, but we want to reshoot it. We want to change it. We, we want, we like it, but you, we don't want this person in it or we want, you know, whatever. And then it's like, well, why did we, why did we shoot it? 
you know. <laughs> but, Perhaps, but then you wouldn't be with Netflix. Yeah, you're not that's shut. true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. We I need know. some uh, kind patrons who are just yeah, like, for patrons. the love of the arts, here's, yeah, yeah. here's 50 G's. Here's 50 grand. Go ahead. Make art. Yeah. I want to be on set when you shoot, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I walk on part. You Fine. get a credit. You get a credit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. If, oh, who knows? If we yeah. put it out there, maybe that would happen. Yeah, who knows? But what was that thing with? I was listening to um, Smartless. We've talked about this. A proper um, podcast. A proper podcast. <laughs> um, but they, who was it? Chris Pratt was saying that like he did some kind of like uh, giveaway or something and the winner just wanted to be in Jurassic Park. And so right. what was that like during the pandemic? So they just like shot him on a green screen and then he's, he was the guy that got eaten by the first dinosaur. Well, well, we'll, we'll come up something great <laughs> yeah, for, uh, yeah. between us. And... Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. It's just floating along. So are you finding yourself... Do you dedicate time in the week to write? Like, you know, I'm writing it this time. You know, I kind of have found that that doesn't work for me. Like, right. I need, I just, I do it when I feel like I want to do it. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to be motivated. You know, if I sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm writing now. You know, chances are, I mean, I don't know, something could probably happen. But, I mean, because there are times that that has had to happen with between us. But I find more that I get better results when I'm just kind of feeling like, oh, I want to, I want to, oh, that's a good idea. Let me write that down and let me grow that a little bit. But that's kind of like everything for me. And are you someone who can write anywhere? Or do you like a certain space in a, in your flat or you go somewhere? No, I can write anywhere. I almost prefer writing. Oh, no, that's not true. It's pretty much anywhere. I, I do like being um, around other people. I like having people kind of right. like in a coffee shop or like okay. a co-working space or something. And then in the, what else are you doing in the meantime to keep yourself busy, keep yourself afloat? I mean, I have that. Um, I like to joke that I'm an actor who does, who like moonlights as ex an executive assistant. <laughs> so, What's that like? So I have, I just, I just started at this new job uh, like two months ago, um, working for this specialty high risk insurance company that I know nothing about, but um, Let's it's fascinating. talk about high risk insurance. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, what it everyone's is tuning fascinating. in for. Fascinating. It's uh, <laughs> it's just like you know the office is so swanky. It's in Rockefeller Center, and it's just kind of like I just pop in and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> then, That's a great place to be, though. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice because I can work from anywhere. So I pretty much work from home, and then I go in one or two days a week if I want. Sometimes I don't, but um, so that's kind of my like muggle job. I like to call it. <laughs> are you a, are you a Potterhead? Yeah, 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 I am. What's your house? What are the four again? Oh, I think I'm a Slytherin. Me too. That makes sense for you. I think I am. Does it? Yeah, I think so. It's not a bad thing. They're the naughty people, aren't they? I think Slytherin gets a bad rap, honestly. Then I'm definitely It's just Slytherin. like ambition gets misconstrued as yeah. mean. It can be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I want to know more about your grandma. Oh, yeah. How was she so inspiring for you? She is, God, her life story is insane. She was like a nurse um, and then like a nurse from the military. And then she met my grandfather, who is a retired sergeant major. So he, so my entire family is military. So I grew up close to a military base, which is how we got to North Carolina. Um, but so he, he was always deployed. I mean, he was in Beirut when, he, when it was bombed. He has... Um, like medals and stuff for being in Beirut and, and helping get people out. And um, he was in Vietnam, like he, everything. And so, but my grandmother, she always, she, they had four kids. And so she was always holding, holding down the house, but she is just the toughest, like 
just she has survived like four kinds of cancers. She's oh, my got, oh she just keeps on and she's never negative about it. Like she's always just kind of like, yeah, well, it is what it is. I'm gonna get through it. And then you know this shit sucks. You know. <laughs> wow. She just, but so yeah, they lived on a farm, and she. Um, like her mother, when she had her kind of grew up in the same area and like, just like had her like at their house and like, uh, she always jokes that her dad like ran out to, um, get a doctor and they came back and her mother was sitting like standing there with the baby being like, it's over, like we're, we're cool. Um, but so she's just kind of like that. And then when she met my grandfather, um, his dad was the, I think he was the state secretary of New Jersey or something. It's like a big political guy. And he didn't want my grandfather to marry her. Like, she was like a poor country girl. And he was like, you can't marry her. And my grandfather said, well, I'm, I'm going to. And he married her. And they was basically disowned for a while. But he, you know, they cho- he chose her. They chose each other. And he joined the military. And they've just built this whole life for themselves. And they still have their house. And she's just like... She Oh, and she kept, this is something that I want to write about too one day, is he would write her letters. Like every week he would write her a letter. And she saved them all. And she has all of these letters and they would just communicate via letters. And like when Beirut got bombed and she had no idea if something had happened to him or anything. Like my mom talks about that. And she was just, my mom said she was always just like, well, he'll, he's going to come home if he's going to come home. Just very much like just can get through anything. And these, you know. l- these letters are preserved? Yeah, she has them. She has them. So that's a plan of mine to one day go through and read 100%. all of those. Yeah, yeah. She always jokes. She's like, they're, they're so boring. Like, we would just talk about boring stuff. And I'm like, this is n- none of this. Is, this whole situation is the opposite of boring. Absolutely. You know, but so, yeah, they've been married forever. So growing up, basically a farm girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you like living in the city? Oh, I mean, I, I lo- it's funny. I always knew I would live here. Really? I always knew. Yeah, we came here on my 13th birthday because I knew I did The Wizard of Oz in eighth grade. And I knew right then I'm going to be an actor. And that has been my path and what I wanted to do since eighth grade. So we came here for my 13th birthday. And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to live here. My mom was like, okay, okay. Like, no, I'm really going to live here. And then... So every summer between then and uh, for, I mean, honestly, until I moved here, I would come and try and do some kind of like summer program or something up here and just be here. And then when I wanted to go to grad school, I knew I wanted it to be here. And so it all just, it all just happened. I just knew I wanted to be here. So when when we moved here, um, nothing, like there was no really like culture shock, like, oh my God, the big city. Oh no. I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. Really? <laughs> I want to be here, yeah. You don't miss the farm, you know, the slower pace? No, I think... The space? I, no, because I during COVID, I moved back there. I was there for four months with my family, and I just, you know, you just kind of build a, a separate life, Yeah. you know? And so I think it's nice to visit. I like going home to visit. I like going in the summer, and but I don't think I could ever live there again. I mean, those four months during COVID, I was like, I just don't feel like myself. Oh, really? Yeah, I just feel I just feel like there was like a piece missing and I was just kind of like being like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I guess it's just the stages in our, of our lives. I'm old. No. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> the city is not what it used to be for me anymore. And I don't want to be here. Anymore. No, no. Your oldest, you could probably play it was 35 max. 35 max. Thank you, darling. <laughs> well, we'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, uh, what would, 
what would you like to happen in the foreseeable future? What I guess it sounds like you're leaning more towards breaking in, breaking in as a writer first. You'd I like think, to see your creation happen. I think my dream would be to have between us get picked up by somebody, and then get to be in something that I have written. And honestly, I feel like even like I always want to have a say in like something that I've conceptualized. But the idea of having like a writer's room of, of some sort that I can just kind of like pop in and pop out of, like that is the dream for me is to like have, have something that's so clear, like the tone and the, um, the content that somebody can be like, oh, I get this and like help pick up so that I can also be in it, you know, but it's still something that came from my, my brain. Is, and do you have like a, I guess, a literary agent who can push this for you? Be No, so that's kind of where we're at right now is trying to find um, a literary agent, trying to see if somebody would be interested. But we also have so many connections happening right now with uh, Lana and Tim Reed and we've got Michael Kilgore that it's just kind of like, I mean, there are, you know, I, I think we're trying to like, send it out and see the responses we get back and then just kind of move from there. But no, I think adding a literary agent would be a huge next step for sure. Yeah, I'd love to see that happen for you. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's like you'd never anticipate that being what... And in the meantime, how come you and Tim or just yourself, you don't offer self-tape services to help people? We've talked about that. Tim and I have talked about that because like I've said, like there was one time we even came and helped you and I left and I was like... You, know, you should have charged him. Yeah, shit, should have charged him. <laughs> Send him a Venmo request. <laughs> no, but... And I got that film that we filmed that for. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. that's right, you did, yeah. So yeah. I owe See? you. Yeah. I turned it down in the end, but I owe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Tim, um, for him, is like he... A separation of church and state kind of thing. Of like, this is what I do because I love it, and we help our friends because we love them. And, you know, it's like for us, like we have the setup and somebody could come, like we'd have to like have them come to our apartment to film it. Right. Right. And then it's like, you know, it's like people coming in the house and like then this thing that that we've kind of created and grown becomes like other people's and it's like work. It's not, it's like work for others, not work for something that you love. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because that's why I don't do master classes or like... (laughs) We talked about this off air. I'm like, I just don't know what I would say, you know? Yeah, which is funny because I feel like you have so much to say. I got nothing to say. <laughs> I got nothing, I got nothing to, to say, but I run a podcast where I talk. Well, you do the talking. It's easy. <laughs> it's it's so easy to get other people to talk about themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I, I originally, honestly, I did this because I don't speak well. And if you ever listen to the Will Swenson one I did, they made fun of my enunciation many times. But it's true. <laughs> I have people like talk shit about me online about my enunciation. No, or if I've, really? I've done interviews and I, when I used to read comments, even like the the negative stuff just makes me laugh. It, it doesn't. Yeah. But like they like, even now I'm I'm tripping on my words. They would comment on that. And I'm and I'm like. People are assholes. People also. are assholes. That's yeah. something I have learned. But you know it doesn't bother me because I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm still working. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. It's you know it's easier to say lines you're told that you're memorized and whatnot yeah well that's also something that tim and i talk about is how good you are at memorizing lines it's oh, like yeah. insane what do you mean oh yeah yeah you're like i had this audition that i just got we have to film it later i'm like okay and you show up it's like four pages of text and you're like word <laughs> like while you're but also on broadway <laughs> but i can't remember what i did yesterday so <laughs> you know that's okay you're not getting paid to remember what you did yesterday um 
See, I was just about to ask him and I totally forgot now. See, it's gone now. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been able to enunciate anyways. Oh, I was going to ask you about social media and whatnot. Are you, do you have a heavy presence on there? And do you, I don't tend to follow friends because yeah. I see friends. I know and then, I was going to say you don't follow me. I know. And mm. all my friends say that. No big deal, but you don't follow me. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll rectify that. <laughs> no, it's fine. I like hardly, I, I it's mainly. It's weird though. And I don't mean to interrupt, but like I only started following friends again because then you people now equate to your online presence to proper oh then th this relationship must be such and such if he hasn't yeah. liked this post or commented yeah. but i'm like which is crazy i was gonna I have, ask you if you like if you which i don't know if you you probably turn your comments off but if you like yeah, read and, that stuff yeah and now i stop even having comments when i start posting things because i'm like when I meet up with my close friends, I don't post about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why would I do that? Yeah. It's and one something I've learned and then something we've decided with family too is like no more uh personal posts. Yeah. Even if we thought it was funny, <laughs> you know, like we're like yeah. no, it's almost and I'm working with uh my sort of my manager agent on it. I'm like I'm only going to from now on it's like she calls it pots. If it's in this pot, this we got like four pots. Yeah. If it's not in those you're not posting. Yeah. And it's easier that way too because then it gives you a focus if I stay on social media. Otherwise, I said, I'm deleting it all. Yeah. I, I don't mean, need to be on it. Yeah. I pretty much only use it to send uh, like three people like memes and that's like it. I will miss some of the memes like me and Sergio, <laughs> the stuff he sends me sometimes. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I, yeah. Use, I use social media to keep up with like sports I like, MMA fighting, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. You know? But it's kind of fascinating, I feel like, with you because it's like you are very much in the public eye, like the, especially the like musical theater public eye and stuff. And I just feel like, any, like you were saying, like you post something and everybody else thinks that it's like theirs. Mm. You know what I mean? Like thinks that like you are theirs because you exist for them as like whatever they've created, you know? Yeah, and it's just people, a lot of this now is becoming about how many likes you have or engagement they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird, you see accounts sometimes that are, as much as it's to support you, it's great. But then they're getting likes based on your photos. Yeah. It just seems, I don't know, for me, and maybe it's an age thing. Because now, like, you know, the younger castmates who are very heavy into TikTok and make money from it. And there's a knack to it. And I think, great. Yeah, I don't have TikTok. I, don't. I just don't have the passion for that. I just want to, if I sing, I want to sing. And if we record it to share it, it's great. Because I, I love sharing stuff like that. Because yeah. that's what I've built yeah. My support on is performing. So let's show, that's one of the pots. Mm -hmm. Let's focus more on that, you know? Yeah, I think the thing that kind of freaks me out is like a lot of casting um, too, like they look you up, right? Like they'll look you up and see, that's another great question that I would love to know. Is like if you look up two people and one person has like 100,000 Instagram followers and the other person has like 1,000, it's like mm, probably maybe we'll cast the one with the big following so your show gets... I hope that's about. not the case because I don't think a high number of followers necessarily translate to ticket sales either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, cause it depends on your demographic. You could have a million followers. You could be young and popular for maybe stuff you do on TikTok yeah. and whatnot, but are they necessarily buying tickets. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I the think, answer to that, yeah. but I don't necessarily see it. Like the only example that comes to mind is got to do with uh, fighting. But like when Jake Paul, who's doing a lot in the MMA world now, boxing world, mm -hmm. and trying to set up new things. When he does his pay-per-views, the amount of followers he has, I'm not sure it's translating the pay-per-view buys. Yeah, yeah. None of this is interesting, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
it's hopefully bringing the point of going i'm not sure it necessarily yeah makes somebody a turns kid. into yeah. ticket sales but yeah. online presence massive of course yeah and you, sure. you can make money doing that with sponsors and mm-hmm. ads or whatever like, yeah yeah so yeah. that's not that's not for you i don't know anything about that yeah what do no. you use social media for like since i don't follow you <laughs> yeah that's not, you wouldn't know because yeah. the things i want to know yeah we talk I about face to face yeah 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 no i mean honestly my instagram is just like a like a, and this is the thing about social media that i I actually, I posted it on my story for the first time in a long time this past week when um, my pilot got into the film festival and then the musical that I was a part of is having a cast uh, album release that we recorded at the power station. I think we told you about that. Mm-hmm. And so both those things were announced this past week. And so I, it looked like I was posting, like it, like by social media standards, it looked like I'm working and I'm like thriving as an actor, you know. And it bothered me. Because I feel like, like I know that feeling of like going on Instagram and you can't help but compare yourself to somebody else who maybe looks like you or something and you're like, oh God, well, she's, she's doing all these things. Like she's really working. Like, why am I not working? You know? And it was like, I just had this moment of being like, I just want people to know that <laughs> like, this is like, this is just coincidence that these two things are being announced at the same time. And like social media is a highlight reel. 100%. You know, so it's like, I feel like my Instagram is just like, oh, like cool moments that I've had of like at a wedding with Tim or like, you know, we went to Hawaii or this this cool headshot session that I had that I posted a picture of and it got a lot of likes or whatever, but it's like yeah. not my life. Well, I <laughs> love know? it. Like if I do a, f- a new shoot and you post something like, oh, does he ever take a bad photo? I'm like, fucking yeah. Fucking yes, There's I do. 40 on the floor. That's never going <laughs> to see the light of day. You know, I'm not going to post those. Some people do that stuff and fair play to them, but I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, so Tim, he is a pretty big. His Instagram is, he's got a couple thousand on there. Oh boy. But he only posts about work. Like, that's a good example of, like, kind of like what what you're kind of moving into, where he does not put personal stuff. He hasn't posted much in a while. No, because he'll only post, like, truly, like, you will not see a single picture on his entire feed of his family or of me or of his friends. Like, it's just work stuff. Yeah, and And that's that's what we're clawing back towards again, just because. I just life is so busy and complicated anyways, you know? Yeah. Just simplify it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, you know, like if I, I always think about, you see like these people who are in the public eye and they just get hate messages on Instagram and like in the comments. And it's like, I feel like, you know, maybe for you, like you read it and you're like, oh, whatever. But I'm like, if I were to read that, I'd be like, oh my God, like I would take it. (laughs) No, you can't because at the end of the day, what does it say about that person who takes time out of the day Oh, for sure. To talk shit. Yeah. And type shit. So they're yeah. not even having the behind the, the minerals a, to come say it to your face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I would have much more respect and a lot more fun if someone had something to say. You know where I am eight shows a week. Yeah. Come to stage door. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll say hello. <laughs> come to Funny Girl. We'll talk. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's see how much minerals you have then. But, yeah. you know, what does it say about their day? What does it say about... Oh, for, I mean, it's They're for definitely sure, not winning that day. Yeah, for sure more reflection on them. But I just feel like... You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like at this point, I'd be like, how could you not take some of that stuff personally? You know, but you can't. But, you know, yeah. in, inevitably it will affect you at some point. It's like people talking like, like talking shit about how I talk. I'm like, well, English is not yeah. my first language. I wasn't born here. Yeah. And I trip over words. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. This thing, you know, and I, I hear it all the time. And I see it, you know, about Leah Michelle and reading. Mm-hmm. And I think, here's the thing. That's insane to me. What if it is true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
people can't read in life. People might, I don't know, it could be dyslexic. There could be yeah. a lot of issues or um, hurdles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Who then overcome that and make something of themselves. Mm -hmm. When is it okay to make fun of that? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Plus, it's bullshit. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Get over it. She can read. Because... But my, my point is like, well, she can or can't. It, well, yeah. What's the outcome? You want to make fun of it? Well, that's the thing for me is it's like people that are famous. It's like you, the public feels like they can just say whatever they want. That's and it's true, like yeah. she is a person. Like she is a living, breathing person with oh, a life. Social media has uh, yeah. taken etiquette, taken a lot of, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not grace I'm thinking of, but just oh, maybe No, etiquette. it is you grace know. or respect. Yeah. And she's like, that's a person. Like I, I feel like I see this with um, the... Uh, like all these reality shows and stuff like the bachelor franchise or like whatever and you go to any of their instagram feeds and you click on it and they are just getting obliterated no. in the comments yeah and it's actually things so sad because i'm like these are people who are you know first of all it's an edit like you know like they're editing that that's yeah, a reality yeah, yeah. tv show but it is fully edited oh there's nothing real about to it. make somebody the villain or the you know yeah. or whatever and then you see an episode and you go to their instagram and you send them Oh, yeah, because some, like some of the looks that you they might like pop in a look. I'm like, I bet they were thinking they're off camera and just waiting for well, that lunch. Well, that just they're like, happened. Let's use that look yeah, this past week, the, the recent season, I saw this thing online and there was this, this woman who was on the show and she got eliminated and she posted something about like, she was like, oh, how funny that my, like the dress that I wore on night one somehow made a comeback in the middle of this other episode that I didn't wear this jet, that I didn't wear this dress in. Like, There's nothing real about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fake. And then people comment and just tear people down. Just... But then that's the thing. Those people who actually you're, you're, you're going to get your phone to go talk shit. Yeah, you are actively choosing. There are so many like events that you are actively choosing to continue to be a dick. And under, I would think almost 99.9% .9 of these fuckers would not go up and just say it. To your face. No. No, never. Because most of them aren't bad people. Yeah, but it's all, and they yeah. wouldn't do that. But it's also like we were talking about earlier, where it's like they feel like they have like a piece of you. You know what I mean? Like you, like you to somebody else are different from how you are to the next person. Like what they perceive of you, right? So it's like yeah. it's like that version of you is like if you were on The Bachelorette or whatever. It's like, well, she is a bitch, and it's like you don't know her. <laughs> so, so I'm gathering The Bachelor is your guilty pleasure here. Oh, it fully is my guilty pleasure. Yeah, fully, fully. fully. Yeah. So this season. I'm not, Are you caught up? Yeah, I am, but I'm not like, I don't know. The Bachelor franchise has gone through a lot of um, tumultuous waters has it? in the past few years. But I just, for me, that is the show. It's like that in Love Island. Have you seen Love Island? Guilty pleasure. Do you watch it? Guilty pleasure. Oh, my God. <laughs> I also, because I do miss the British accent. and just... yeah, yeah, I have to put subtitles on because I'm like, what the no. fuck are they saying? Yes. Oh, especially if you get like Jordies and yeah, like all oh, these graphing. words. Yeah, put in graph. Oh, you put in the graph as a writer. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, here's the thing about the bachelor I find weird. Look, oh, you all right? You okay? Like that's how you yeah, say you like right, like hi, what's up? Yeah, you all yeah. right? It's like what yeah, we I'm fine. What do you mean? Yeah. What we saying? <laughs> what we saying? Huh? Yeah, fully subtitles. Well, I don't get what the bachelor I find weird is like when you have, is it thirty women and on this however this many season? I don't even know. Yeah, and they're all parading and he's just like I'll choose you and oh, you, it's so fucked. I'm like. This is gross. It's so fun. How is this okay? Yeah, yeah. How are we all right with this? So, I think it, like it was this idea that was 
born and conceived and it like worked out for a couple seasons where like people who were on the earlier seasons are still married to this day, like have kids, whatever. Really? Yeah, it's worked for some people, but the way well, I see enough. it is like, of course it's going to work a couple times. You know what I mean? Like is that's just though? odds. Like that's just the odds. Like you have like what, 50 seasons? I don't know. Chances are two of those couples are going to actually know, work out. I don't know. Is it sometimes a bunch of guys and one girl? Yeah, yeah. They flip it. Mm-hmm. Do they know what their potential? So okay, this season it's girls, girls and for one, one guy. guy. Which Do is the girls know what he looks like before they get to the house? Um, they yeah, they announce. Well, that's the part that I think is so weird. Is like you apply to be on it or whatever. I don't know how it works. And then, but you don't know who it is when you're applying to be on it. They they announce who it is like when you're already cast, like you're you are fully cast, and then they announce who the bachelor is, which I think is fascinating. But, and then um, you sit there and be paraded. And like, then you're like, oh my God, I, like he's so perfect. He's everything I'm like, I've been dreaming of. And I'm like, you didn't know who he was. What do you mean? What, what do you mean? What do you think of this season's Bachelor? I think he's not popular. People, they've like, their numbers, I think, have kind of tanked this season. Um, I just he's so not, bored. He's, it's it, so dull. He's, yeah, and he's, but that's kind of what I like about this season is that he is very much just like a guy you know, he's like a guy who like doesn't like drama and he's like a good guy who's like, I just want to be married. And you're like, why? But OK, I guess this is why <laughs> I know? feel bad for saying it's dull, because what what do I want? Fireworks and like arguments yeah, and drama. Yeah. But then I'm like, that's, well, that's human. Like, these are humans. That's what I'm day. saying. Like, so I'm like, that's what I'm saying. like, oh, how kind of refreshing to like yeah, have there so. not be have this guy be like, no, I like genuinely like want to get to know her, you know? <laughs> Well, it's I didn't like, think we'd wrap up this podcast about your guilty pleasure in, in Bachelor because well, you're I far think, more. I think finding out that you watch Love Island is the perfect. <laughs> Listen, where I where I live in Essex, it's where they shoot Towie. Like the only way is Essex, yeah, and then yeah. some of those uh, casts come from Essex. Yeah, so I feel like I learned something new about you. Oddly, a different side makes me feel kind of at home. Although, yeah. for sophistication, I watch Slow Horses with Gary Oldman on for Apple. Sure. Yeah, just to every, balance it out. Oh yeah. yeah, we need the other end now. <laughs> and then when you know when they shoot, they're shooting in London. I'm like, oh mate. Yeah, yeah. I adore you. I'm hoping uh, people follow you on Instagram, support you, look yeah, out for your yeah. work, especially yeah. your writing, and for, yeah. and let us know on there how we can support that. Yeah, absolutely. If and when, and when the time is right. I'll write you into my show. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll start following you. <laughs> but we should wrap up because okay. can you help me with the self tape? Uh, yeah, sure. Gideon. <laughs> Love <laughs> that you, was darling. the whole reason. Love you too. Thanks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.